Hello and welcome to the Ratchetteer Collection. You're joining us again for another delayed episode. Many apologies, but life is life. And sometimes we must grow up and move on past childish fantasies and accept that the real world might be more complicated than we think. This week on the Raconteur Collection, we are going to be discussing a film called Labyrinth. You probably have never heard of it, but after today's episode, you will know much, much about it. As always on the Raconteur Collection, I am joined. <laughs> I am joined by Jack, my co-host, who will introduce himself shortly. My name is Charlie from the Raconteur Collection. Jack, how are you doing this fine Monday evening? Besides my mundane day, I feel as though a podcast like this actually might do pretty well, where we talk about things in a monotone sort of way and just bounce facts off one another. And also, of course, describe how our week and past holiday has been. Because yeah. if you you know are unaware, 25th of December is Christmas. 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 <laughs> and... As we all know, on Christmas, um, you know, it's it's a time for family, time for uh, gift giving, of repentance, uh, of sorrow, maybe more so than happiness. Uh, well, we can get into that later. Maybe we should have done a Christmas episode. But you know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking we didn't do a holiday episode. I I think it might be because uh, of our schedule, because of our schedule, and then also between work. And then how busy the holidays tend to be. I honestly, like, the whole holiday season leading up to Christmas, for me, is just kind of like, I'm just like waiting for it to be over. Yeah. And I know that sounds very negative, but it's just, that is just how I feel. Like, you know, working at a super busy, like, high-end kind of like shopping area. At a high-end shopping area. We actually went to P.F. Chang's. P.F. Chang's. P.F. Chang's. Right in the same area. Yeah. But working in that area, though, like, it just makes me hate people. I'm just like, you know that Scrooge, that version of Scrooge that we watched recently, the song, he's like, I hate people. people. That's what people I hate me. That's what I feel like sometimes. I'm like, golly, I feel like I'm. Maybe Scrooge had a roll right, all this I'm time. rolling up there. <laughs> and like, you know, I think that's why I like Thanksgiving more is because that kind of consumerist pulse is a little bit less than Thanksgiving, yeah. right? Yeah, it's more so just kind of like, hey, like. Everyone's kind of in a scramble to get food, usually. Right. And it's not just, you know, like, so I have to go, I, you know, stock the beer at everywhere. At everywhere. At a lot of stores. Uh, <laughs> Jack stocks all the beer everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Even in states I'm not in. I'm like the Santa for beers. I was actually called Beer Santa while oh. working. So, you know, it's cool. Anyways, uh, you know, I'm trying to, like, just Find a parking spot, and I gotta yeah. park all the way in the back of these giant Walmart super centers. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like some about. of these super center WalMarts are like three times the size of a super center, like the one that's down by the mall over there. You have one, some like way down there. Um, I want to say like in like Katusa or whatever. They're like ginormous, and trying to get to the beer aisle, everyone's like walking super slow or for some yeah. reason the cart's perpendicular to like the actual like way you're supposed to go and then you gotta pull out these pallets and it's just it's horrible yeah. so like i i mean you're kind of more on a direct one-on-one with customers so yeah but i mean you that you get the feeling though right and i think and everyone's just stressed yeah and frustrated i know and there's like 
the Christmas music's like, the sleigh bells ring. No, no, I know. No, 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 no. And everyone's just like, move, move, like punching each other. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. crazy. But yeah, Charlie was venting about work yeah. prior to us getting into the it, episode. It, you know, and I won't go into detail because I'm always slightly scared on the off chance that this could be used to like fire me from my job. I don't think it would, but. Not until we're more prominent. But that's not just a big thing for me is that, man, like the holidays were just stressful and super busy and I was just ready for them to be over. I mean, Christmas Day, I enjoyed Christmas Day a lot. Oh, it was fantastic. But like, I still was like at my parents' house and then at Kate's parents' house. Fine. I enjoyed being there, but like, it's not like a restful day, you know, because like you have to be like active and you have to like, but... Yeah. And it, you're just worn out from the whole prior, like, hectic week right, of work. And right. so it's just like And then, this, of course, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I have to open tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I'm think social social obligation is, like, a negative here. But, like, it's these, a bunch of these social obligations after this week, if you're working right. it, that you're just kind of like, I'm just so tired. Yeah. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. Exhausted. Um, but, yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's over. I'm looking forward to the new year. And maybe... Yeah. Well, I think we'll probably do a New Year's episode. That'd be kind of fun. I mean, I, maybe we'll record it in advance. We'll have to wait and see how, how our schedules pan out. But we also might have to change um, our recording date slash release schedules, depending on just how work's going. Yeah. Which wouldn't be that big of a deal at all. It'd no. just be, you know, one week you get an episode there, sooner. And there then, is kind of a cool vibe to recording in the evening. There is kind of cool I don't know what vibe. it is. And but vibe. maybe like do Tuesday releases. But, you Anyways, know, that's, that's the big thing, right? And so... All of this comes down to, you know, today or Sunday where it's just it was just too busy, just too exhausted. And I I was talking to Jack and I was like, you know, I'll save it for the podcast. And so Jack, I wanted to throw something by you. Yeah, for, for everyone out there, again, forget the joke intro. Welcome to the Rack and Tour Collection. It's hosted by Jack. Welcome and back, baby. You know us. In our million dollar You set. love us. Um listen to the crisp mic sounds. And as everyone knows, of course, at the beginning. We gotta just, we gotta relax. We gotta, as the kids would say, God, never mind, I'm not gonna say that because it's gonna date how old I am. What, what do the kids say, Charlie? As the kids would say, we just gotta vibe for a second. That's but pretty, that's not too old. I, I feel old saying it. I feel like I'm one of those, those like old parents be like, groovy. <laughs> you know, I, every I think, once in a while I'll hear somebody say that and I kind of respect it a little bit. Groovy? Yeah, I'll hand somebody their drink. I'm like, have a good day. And they're like, groovy. I, I sometimes <laughs> like, catch okay. myself saying like, yo, dog. See, and I feel like Yo people dog. tell me that people say like that's so like two thousand. Hey brother, hey okay. brother, I like that one too. I mean, people don't tell me that's so two thousand, but I feel old when I say that sort of thing. Two thousand was a long time or ago. Or say, Yo, that's sick, man. Like saying yeah. sick is like sick. It's out. Yeah. Now you gotta say you catching the vibe. And there's a bunch of other things and too that I don't. Else, I don't know. Yeah. There's that one song. Caught a vibe. But all of this comes down to... I don't know if you know that one. Go ahead. I want to throw something to you, Jack. I'm going to throw, you know. So I... Dealing with stress from work, right? Yes. Being an assistant manager, so Bitch. not top dog, but there... You know, there's a lot of other responsibilities. I'm not dog, but... A lot of other responsibilities that I have to do that I can't do. And a lot of other big picture things that, when it is so chaotic and busy and understaffed, it's very hard to accomplish those tasks. You yes, know? of course. Because often when you set those goals, you of set course. those goals very removed from the reality of the situation. And I partially wonder if some of my stress and anxiety from work is maybe 
I'm struggling with the lack of control because it is mm-hmm. chaos. And like, there's part of me that wants everything to be ordered, everything to be my way. And so it can actually function and function well. And when it doesn't do that, like that's what like really spikes things for me, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's or when I feel time, like it sorry, consumes me. Cause I feel like I'm trying to control this like flailing beast, you know, it's flailing tentacled beast is like flipping out everywhere. Like the watcher in Lord of the Rings. Right. No. Oh, yes. 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 Much like that. And you know, I'm just Frodo. It's dragging me into the pool. And the pool being chaos and disorder. You know, just imagine, you know, I'm Frodo, and then it picks me up, and little Charlie hovers over thing, and then when the thing opens up its mouth, it's like work. <laughs> yeah, that just makes me think. That I I need. I'm so. And then Aragorn and Boromir coming in are like day off. <laughs> I need to start putting these episodes. Of the long YouTube. dark of more. Hey, look, I love that line, man. So if if one. But anyways, day, that's that's what I feel like, and so I wanted to. Sorry to interrupt you. No, yeah. I was just but I wanted to garbage. get it back on track and say, well, how, what do you? what is your opinion of that? Do you think it is maybe that I just am holding on too much? You know, I've got too hard a hold of the reins. Like, I want to control it so much that it's taking so much extra energy for me rather than going with the flow, rolling with the chaos and saying, which I've been trying to tell myself is almost like a mantra. Like, I'm one man. I can only do what I can do, and that has to be good enough. I have to trust myself. Because if I don't do that, then what am I doing? You know, like, what... Anyways, yeah, yeah I just wanted to get well, your opinion on that. I, I think the main thing in your role, because you're assistant manager... Yes. Assistant to the manager. Assistant to the manager. <laughs> assistant manager. Uh, your your main goal... I mean, you obviously have these kind of things you got to do on the regular, things you got to do on the daily, but it's to just maintain a presence of order and calm... And collection, and you kind of have yeah. to be essentially. You have to be the rock that people can go to and be like, "Try this is happening. What do I do?" And yeah. you're like, like, "I got it. No problem." Yeah. You know, because like, Come yeah, you have stuff you got to get done, and you have stuff you got to do. But at the end of the day, you know, if you kind of are stressed out or it's freaking out on your team, then like, you know, that reflects poorly not only on your team but also just as you as like an assistant manager. I'm not saying you're freaking out yeah. or you're stressing other people out, but uh, you know, you need to just realize, you're, you, like you said, you're one man. Yeah. You can only essentially do one man's job. Yeah. And unlike Superman, you don't do your job good. You do it well. I just want to throw that in. I don't know. It doesn't make much sense. But yeah. so when I was a manager, and it would get hectic, hectic, hectic and busy, there was only so much that, you know, I could do to, you know, Keep it from being hectic and busy. Yeah. And so you kind of find that sweet spot that doesn't feel sweet in the moment, but yeah. it gives you enough, okay, forget that the line's like however long, forget yeah. that this customer is screaming, I can't do anything about that right now. I'm going to focus on making sure everyone has what they need. Yeah. And that I also am able to show everyone that I'm present and active yeah. in the current situation. And I'm not thinking about, oh, I got to get in the back. I got to right. get in the back. And, and that, you know, I... I feel like that's what I've been doing, you know, and I, but I feel like, I guess the, for lack of a better way to, I don't know, phrase it, the chaos of it, it's like starting to saturate me where I'm like, God, like, I don't want to freaking babysit you guys. Like you guys signed up to do this job. And so today I had some very serious conversations where I'm like, a, you know, an employee came up to me and they're like, 
hey, I just want to go in the back and do dishes. Can I do that? And I'm like, no. Like, if your supervisor needs you to do a job, I'm sorry to say you have to do it. Like, yes, you can talk to them, but talk to them. Communicate. Say, hey, listen, I'd really like to step off and do some dishes. And they can work with you. But if that's not in their capacity to do, then, hey, you're going to have to be on register. You're going to have to make drinks. You're going to have yeah, to be like, clean hey, the look, floor. We're, like, we're actually we're a shorter person. We need you up in the front. Yeah. Or we need you to do this. Maybe if this person shows up or we have someone that can come in. Right. Maybe then, but we need you up here right now because yeah, this is where this is what matters at the moment. And you know, because anyone can sit back and do dishes. You know, it all kind of culminates in this. I feel like this idea. Can of, I just do dishes, please? Can I just do some dishes, please? Please. Of why I didn't want to be a manager again, and it's for dealing with situations <gasps> like this. Okay. Oh no. So, talk to a person who's chronically late, fifteen twenty minutes <laughs> every 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 day, chronically ill <laughs> every day, right? And so I asked them, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, because that's always the first, you always ask a question first, right? You know, you never just want to assume off the bat. And they're like, oh man, it's just really hard for me to wake up in the morning. And I'm like, I don't want to wake up in the morning either, but I do. And I get here on time. So set your alarm earlier, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, that, that's what I want to say, but I can't, you know. Here, here, it's a magical thing called go to bed early. I know. I'm just like. I'm like, listen, like, do you think I want to be here for 40 hours a week? No, no, do I anyone, don't. No one does. But I do it because it's my job and because I have to have a job to live in this horrible, not quite dystopic world we live in. We're getting there. But I do it because that's what I do to maintain my livelihood and to do things like this. So and, anyways, yeah, and to record this podcast. I, I'm sorry, everyone out there. I know I'm ranting a little bit about my job, but... I'll be honest, it makes me feel better to talk about it and to get it out rather than keep it all. Maybe we should have Charlie's rants. Oh, God. <laughs> there be so many. <laughs> Dude, that'd be like some extra content right I, there. See, that's kind of why I wish we had like a huge fan base because I would love to see fan-made edits of like... <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me just talk about this for a second. Charlie says garbage 300 times. Yeah, that's garbage. Garbage. <laughs> you know, I feel like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, there's this, there's this bit that German Night Five does. We were talking oh, about yeah, amazing, amazing YouTuber and streamer and now. Streamer and he was like, he has this joke where he did, he did like Jigsaw's voice. And he's like, and the gas, you know, he had gas. He's like, look, I bet if you looked up the script for all the Saw movies, gas would be in there a thousand times, easy. But like someone looked up, and was like, there's always only in there like six times. And then it's like, it's like, he's like, oh no, he says noxious fumes. How many times does he say noxious fumes? That's a gas. That's a gas. <laughs> It's funny. Anyways. But. Gosh, gosh, gosh. So that's kind of how my week has been. Um, Work's been, I think, a little bit overbearing. And so I've been, you know, just kind of surviving. Of course, the holiday season as well. Surviving, he says. On top of all that. Like he's hunting food out on the plains. I'm not hunting food out on the plains. That's true. Is he out on the planets or planes? Planes. Okay. Not on the planets. But anyways. Jack, I'm sorry. I, I've been talking a lot. Is there anything from your week that you'd like to throw in here? I feel like you kind of talked about it a little bit, but, you know. Um, you know, honestly, it's just work was busy. I'm looking forward to being over. Um, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but I think I got new job. Like, I'm moving up yeah. next year in February. Um, and it should be making me basically 50% more a year. Heck yeah, dude. Which, if, let's just be real here. Right now, I'm making, like, what, 22, 23,000 a year? Yeah. It's going to be about... Probably, hopefully, unless they're lying to me, about 
33, 34,000 a year. It's not bad. So it's going to be a big pay big increase jump, yeah. and it's going to be more responsibility. But also it, it felt so nice. So the the big the big boss man called me. He was like, "Hey Jack, my name's da 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 da." da. And I've just, you know, I've, you know, we obviously you know, we got these positions coming in and I called your supervisor and uh you know, I've just heard a lot about you from, you know, the uh from the warehouse managers, from your current manager and uh you know, I like what I see, so you want to tell me a bit about yourself and yada 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 and I was like, "Finally, my skills are being recognized after almost 10 years of work." You know what I mean? I was like, finally, it feels like it's actually paying off to like do good work for once. Even though like this job isn't crack open a cold one. Even though this job like isn't like, you know, super prestigious or anything. I was just like, man, it feels good that like a big boss man was like, Jack, you're being rec like people like recommended your name. Yeah. And I was like, that's heck yeah, dude. Good feeling. And so that's looking forward to that change. Looking forward to the new year. Um, I think next year for the podcast, we should do, um, what is it, holiday-themed episodes. <laughs> that would be great. I think I we, we, like that, we yeah. really need to make an effort for that. Yeah. It, their own theme songs and everything. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm all down for that, you know, because, like, I feel the, like the weekly episodes are pretty easy to get in and out, right? Oh, especially now. Especially now. Especially now. And so I may just do extras on top of that. I don't extras on top of that. Which pretty good. Pretty good. Jack and I were, sorry, Jack and I, one last thing, we'll get into the Labyrinth episode. Sorry, guys, skip skip to 20 minutes. 20 Jack and I were playing some Warzone the other night, and we were having, like, an unreasonable amount of fun playing. I got, I got a good story after this. It was actually, like, so much fun. He and I just playing duos. We, like, we queued in with, like, random squad guys. Such a great, fun time. Like, we weren't taking it too seriously, just chilling, having fun. The biggest thing is that they had this event going on where if you won in the gulag, you know, you come back. Well, if you won, you could go to the gulag again. And so we each had a, we didn't win. We got like fourth place, but we each went to the gulag like four times and won four times. <laughs> so we just like kept coming back. And we're like, yes, yes. And it was, it was so much fun. That's but great. Uh, we ended up doing like Arthur Morgan impressions. And then um, what's the other guy? He sounds like he's sick all the time. Arthur Dutch. And then who? It's not Dutch that sounds sick. I was gonna say I'm not that familiar. It's uh Red Dead Redemption. He he talks like like this a little bit. He's like, Arthur, I don't uh you know, he's like, and Jack was like, you know, <laughs> well he was like, Jack, it's not too bad. And I was like, Yeah, if they need like a fourth stand-in for like sound effects. <laughs> a fourth stand-in. A fourth stand-in, I think I could be their man. Yeah. Just like with Arthur. All right. Let's uh get into the episode here. I had equally fun time playing Minecraft with Michael last night. Oh yeah? <laughs> so you know, I'm trying to check my phone. I often don't think of Minecraft as that hard of a game, but we, when we were in the Nether last night, I don't know what it was, but there was like thousands of enemies, and it it was just this like brutal cascade of Michael and I surviving, and we're like desperately, we're not voice chatting, we're just typing over text, right? <laughs> Type. <laughs> so like, I almost died like three or four times, and I'm like, man, the Nether's rough, and Michael's like, I'm on my way bringing a bow and arrow for you and i'm like heck yeah dude <laughs> so he comes in and we're like going around we don't find anything valuable like nothing just we just get swarmed nice so there's this moment where <laughs> michael is he does his run to like we're we're finally he like has fallen off stuff it like got down to half a heart like buried himself and 
finally we're trying to escape out and we're trying to get the skeleton and i like we both creep up to this edge and i take a swing at the skeleton michael rocks right in front of me i just <laughs> knock him into the lava i just see him tank down see him floating on top of the lava then all the Ooh. stuff <laughs> you can do the best minecraft and i'm like noise. no no right. and he's like it's all good it's all good dude come back then i get swarmed by enemies and just killed nice and so then we go back and <laughs> we are making this run to this nether fortress tower michael's runs across gassed i you jack jack you know this from minecraft but the mobs tend to like get you at the worst time michael jumps yeah. gassed fireball hits i see him go creeping <laughs> off the edge i go sprinting in there to try to salvage it get hit by a wither skeleton ah Caught on fire by a blaze, another ba- <laughs> gas blows up the one block nether I'm standing on. I just plummet into the lava. <laughs> no! At the, at the end, we were, we were both like, oh my gosh. Like, it was just like out of hand. Like you turn the corner and gazing into the soul sand valley, eight skeletons. You go out there, they're all shooting arrows at you. So you're just... You're trying to sprint across the stupid soul sand, but it's so slow. And so you're sprint jumping, but then for some reason, Skeleton has a godly aim and hits you in the middle of your sprint jump and knocks you careening off. And it's like... that's, that's so good. I mean, so yeah, in going back, who can do the best Minecraft death? Or just hit? <clears throat> ooh, 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 ooh. I think yours is better. Ooh, ooh. Let us know in the comments down below. Best Minecraft pickup noise? Let us escape. This one. One last thing about Warzone. You don't think Sarah could say one last thing to Jareth, do you? (laughs) No one. No. Um, (laughs) Krampus is so much fun to like kill someone that Krampus is going after because then he goes after you. (laughs) And so I jump down and Jack's like, it's Krampus. It's Krampus. You know, I'm like, I'm down with you. It's Krampus. Krampus, saying it. It's Krampus. <laughs> mine, mine, I'm Krampus. <laughs> and so, you know, we like kill this team, and I'm like reviving Jack, and he's like, Jack, Krampus is right behind you. And I guess I'm getting hit by Krampus. And I'm like, I'm sticking the revive, stick the revive, and I'm like sprinting around this. And he's like, No, Jack, I can get him. I can get him. I can get him. And so he's like trying to shoot Krampus as I'm like running in these all these different rooms. And then a team comes in right after we kill him. I, I actually, he might have disappeared or hunted another team, but it was, <laughs> it was so good. Like, just going, oh, Jack, it's Krampus. And then, you know, because it's like Krampus is hunting your squad. And we're like going down this mountain at this other point. <laughs> and like, because we turn around, he's like, Bro, he like spawns behind you, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we're like jumping down this hill. Then a guy, shooting at us from like down the hill and we're so we're having to dodge that guy and Krampus and then another guy from on top shooting at us and then it was a lot of fun it was crazy <laughs> but Krampus kind of made it fun that's but. good that's good anyways let us escape into the labyrinth to the underground to the underground where no one can blame you so labyrinth has been a movie that has been around, especially like an since, since nineteen eighty six. Since nineteen eighty six, been around, but uh, it's been very like around in our sphere. Our mom is a really big fan of Labyrinth, and so I remember watching the Labyrinth as like a young kid, and you know, always liking it. Um, 
which I think is a little, well, not, it's not rare, but, you know, Labyrinth, when of course it came out, flopped horribly. I didn't realize how horribly until I looked at the Wikipedia article, which I think it had like a budget of $25 million and only made like $12.9 million or something back. But of course now it's become a cult film. And it's funny to think of people crapping all over the Labyrinth, which now it's regarded as like the classic. Like it, at least in the circles that I kind of frequent, you yeah. know. It's one of the classics that, you know, our, like Charlie's been saying, our like, whole family especially is like, you know, The Labyrinth is, you know, one of the movies you watch in our family. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I thought we could talk about it, not only has, is it a movie that we should talk about eventually, but also uh, we showed it to Ellie, and Ellie loved it. She calls it the Goblin movie. Goblin movie, yeah. But she says Goblin. She says Goblin. Goblin. And it's so cute. Goblin. As an extra syllable in there. Yeah, Goblin. Anyways. But. That's how we came to discuss yeah, this movie. This labyrinth. I mean, it's. And a, that's it. No. That's it. Episode over. But man, what can we say about Labyrinth? What a classic. Before, on other movies, on other episodes that we've talked about movies in, we've kind of broken it down character by character. I, while I like that approach, I think that it kind of takes away a little bit from the fluid nature of talking about a movie um i really like that kind of idea that um you're leaving analogy, the theater yeah that analogy that i used of you're leaving the theater with your friends and jack and i we're going to talk about it very much in that same same vein you know like what we liked like what we think um of course we grew up with this movie so we might have some deeper thoughts but jack starting off the labyrinth it's interesting to me that this movie held our attention as like young boys, because it young doesn't, boys. especially like in the beginning, right? I'm not talking about like once you get into like Labyrinth World, right? Pretty, it's pretty I think it's just great. But mm-hmm. like the beginning with like Sarah and her parents and having to watch the kid, it's kind of like it comes across this not like super entertaining to like a younger male audience. It seems like it's more geared at maybe like a teenage female audience, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not really. And so, because of that, what do you find about this movie? Why do you like this movie so much, you know? Well, so starting off, I don't remember the exact the exact age that I watched this movie at. I just remember watching it and being kind of freaked out at the beginning. Like once, so, you know, Sarah, the main character, um, basically is complaining that, you know, she doesn't have any time to herself. Her parents are always doing stuff. She has to always watch her little brother I mean, her little 16. brother is always like taking her toys yada yada <laughs> she's 16 which is weird she's, she's 16 baby and the, and the baby's what like one yeah something like that yeah which is not too weird but some but that's a big age gap it's kind of a big age gap big age back to be complaining about somebody taking your toys you, you here before i get more into what uh my initial thoughts are like from like a young perspective how did toby get the toy that's what i'm saying toby's right? like of the infant that can't Are climb. Are we suggesting at some point that Toby was hanging out in Sarah's room, like just somebody just, put him down in there? Because he's is he old? He's old enough to like crawl around, right? Yeah, but even then, like he like it's a shelf on the wall. There's no way he could get the bear. You got to imagine that the Sarah have been left there. it somewhere, or the goblins are already playing Sarah Witch. Never thought of that before. But that's actually a pretty like compelling idea that Sarah was you know playing a losing game to begin with. Yes, with, so, in which the goblins are like uh, agitating the situation. 
So anyways, I remember watching this movie and the whole part where Toby stops crying mm. and she's like, Toby? Yeah. You know? Toby, are you all right? That whole part. And she goes and like pulls a cloth away and then like the owls at the at the window, Toby's not there yeah. and you just hear the goblins like laughing yeah. and stuff. I remember that like freaking me out as a kid. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a little yeah, freaky. It is. Ellie loved it though. <laughs> Baby theft. Baby theft? Yeah, it's a horrifying concept. And there's a whole part where, like, you just, there's that shot of just all the goblins. Just yeah. Like, is she going to say it? You know, that yeah. whole thing. Um, it, I think it, this movie does a good job at, like, kind of pulling you in initially. Yeah. After the whole part where she runs through the rain and that sort of thing. Well, it really kind of, honestly, what gets me through that part is the music. Yeah. And David Bowie going, no one can blame you. And her dog was adorable. Yeah, the dog's yeah. adorable. So, I mean, that's maybe that's what kind of pulled me through when I first well, watched it. I was going to say, it's pretty fast. It like, is pretty it, fast. It gets, like you, it gets in. you in quick. It doesn't stop. And so, I think with a lot of that, it that is, I think, kind of what draws you in. It's pretty fast. Like, you just want to know. Because, like, pretty short, you know, pretty quickly, she's pledging her baby to the Goblin King, right? Or, sorry, her baby, her brother. Stepbrother? Is it her actual brother? I don't know. Because it's... Is it her stepmom or stepdad? I know that it might be her stepmom because that's the I vibe. Think I think it might. Get. Yeah, I think it might be. But yeah, so you know, very quickly, of course, David can, Bowie. Can I talk about how mad I would be, <laughs> Sarah? We were supposed to leave an hour ago, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, no wonder the parents are pissed off. Yeah, like, that would and the dad's just like, "What's going on?" I'm, we're glad you're okay, and I'm like, "Yeah, like she's gone." <laughs> Anyways, yeah. In the days like before cell phones, which. To be honest, sounds nice. Can you imagine not having a cell phone and like work has to call your home phone, but if you're not next to your home phone, you're just not going to get the call? Like that sounds. Yes, yeah, in this in a way, playing like the N64 or something like that. No. Anyways, Gauntlet, Gauntlet, Dark Legacy. You are greedy. I got that yeah, a lot. podcast episode over Gauntlet, don't we? That's a what a game. What a game. <laughs> what a game. But yeah, very quickly we get into Labyrinth now. I think what gets me, Jack, is, you know, I kind of asked you, like, what... Well, actually, I don't know if you ever really answered me. Like, what about this movie do you like? You know, do like you... Like, what pulled me in in the beginning? Not I necessarily what pulled that. you in. Because, yeah, you did answer that. But what do you like about this movie? Like, why do you like this movie at all? I'm, I'm a huge fan, not only of the music, but just of the visuals. I think the visuals in this movie are so compelling in a way that CG really yeah, isn't. I agree. Like, CG, like, I, I don't mind it. Looks great. Um, looks beautiful. Even you have like a movie like Avatar, beautiful looking movie, but something about like the it's like the same reason why I like Lord of the Rings so much. I think it's it holds up. It's because it's so much of it is like it's an actual set or it's an actual costume or whatever. Right. You know, because a lot of the people in Lord of the Rings and this movie are wearing costumes or like whatever. Like freaking what's the name? Ludo, the big troll thing, whatever he is. Whatever he is. That's a guy in a costume. Yeah. It's not like, you know, a guy in a green suit or whatever. Yeah. Which it would be nowadays. So yeah. there's there's just something about her like actually being able to interact with all these different things mm. and it being like an actual physical world that I think is just really kind of fun and interesting. That I, I think still yeah. is why it holds up to this day. It's because yeah. it just it feels nostalgic without really being nostalgic yeah you know if that makes sense no it does i mean i think it's one linked to our childhood and two like it just the look of it is very nostalgic and yeah that's 
the exact pardon me exact reason for me is the world itself right you never learn at least to my knowledge what the world is called that she goes to i mean it's just the labyrinth right so you know, it fills right. my mind with images of just a world that is a labyrinth, which is kind of cool. Like, it's, and it's weird of, like, you, I always find myself asking the question, like, well, who built this? Like, because obviously whoever built this place is not here anymore. Like, because it doesn't seem like the goblins built it. It doesn't seem like, it just seems like whatever built it kind of left. And it's weird how, like, weirdly magical the whole place is. Yes. And how nothing is as it seems and mm-hmm. literally the way you think about the labyrinth it'll like learn alter. that essentially like and then alter, alter it yeah. to like mess with you which is really cool like that's such a cool concept and i think it's displayed so well through like the puppetry the miniatures of course there's like matte paintings used for some of the backgrounds and stuff you know stuff like mm-hmm. that which really brings that world i think a level of depth and detail that i wouldn't have otherwise so let me let's real quick unless you have anything no, to add. Go for it. I just want to kind of get more into the story oh, yeah. real quick. Dive so, in. <clears throat> anyways, Toby is stolen by the Goblin King. Jareth. Jareth, who is played by David Bowie. David Bowie. David Bowie. Uh, who also does some music for the movie as well. Anyways, and Probably so he's in the like, his elaborate get up when you first see him is so good. Um very and visual Kai, isn't it? Very, like, it's it, very, yeah. yeah, it's a super interesting um, get up. Yeah. Anyways, very um, interesting. I'm just trying to be weird. Sorry. I like the part where he like holds his finger up and twirl, twirls the clock around. Yeah. And like, you have 13 hours to do this, you know? Yeah. And she's like, it's not fair. And yeah. he's like, no, Sarah. The way he talks is no, really good. No, Sarah. Life oh, isn't fair. Yeah, they're just, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's He good. plays a part really well. He does. Uh, and the whole world, it's, it looks so, like, otherworldly, the way that they make it look, and all these, like, these, like, long shots, these, like, settings, you know, it's, the world of the labyrinth is so, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I was going to say dystopian just because you used it earlier, but it's so much, it's so, um, it is kind of dystopian, distinctly different from like earth as we know it. Yes. That yeah. it doesn't look like it'd be anywhere on earth. It's just yeah. kind of like this almost like being in being. a sense. So, and then Sarah's like, all right, well I got to start sometime until she goes to like towards the labyrinth. And this is where she meets hoggle, hoggle, the hogmeister. <laughs> The Hogmeister. <laughs> Guy hate that. The description Sarah meets a dwarfish man named Hoggle. A dwarfish man. A dwarfish man. And it was so funny when we were first watching this scene and he like has a little spray thing, he's like, mm, 60. You know, he's yeah, walking he's like that. Ellie's, the... like, Ellie's like, Dad, he's hurting those like bugs. Yeah. And he and I was like, Yeah, like I think they're bad. 61. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you, when you first meet Hoggle? What do you what do you like about him? Yeah. So I it's such a good not, you know, I hate the what is the uh you know, defying your expectations of what you think is going on. You know, because mm-hmm. like she because even Sarah's like, oh, why are you killing these things? They're so sweet. And one of them bites her and they're Yeah. And so like these things are just kind of mean. And he's like, what, peeing in that little lake? And the whole look of the outside of the labyrinth is really good. I I think it's just a really interesting way to like pull you in because immediately I'm like, 
what's going on with Hoggle? Like, what is he even doing? Like, just out here exterminating these bugs? Yeah, like, you don't know. You're thrown to this world where you don't know what can be there, who can be there, why anyone is where they are. And it's almost like it's set up to each individual person right. in a way. Yeah. Like, because, Hoggle is almost seemed like he was there for Sarah. Which is really strange to think about, but could have actually been. Yeah. <clears throat> so Sarah enters the labyrinth, right? And Hoggle's like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to help you in the labyrinth. And it's pretty good Hoggle voice, actually. <laughs> it's not bad, right? And then she meets, she's like walking forever, and she's like, nah, nah, throwing herself against yeah. the walls, and I can't do a good female voice. It's the one thing I can't do. The one thing I can't do. The um, one thing. The one thing <laughs> out of hundreds. Um, and so then she like sits down, and there's like this little worm. Which is so good. And it's so good. A little like, scarf. I forget what he says initially. I think he just goes, hello, hello. And she's like, did you say hello? And he and he's like, well, basically, yes. You know, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come inside, have a nice cup of tea. But the line that I think God's thinking about doing this movie, which is where he says, <laughs> don't go that way. Don't go that way. <laughs> If she went that way, she would have gone straight to that castle. Yeah, you're like, wait a second. Yeah, and you're like, wait, no, that's what she's trying to do. But like, yeah, like everything's like catered to her. You know, she's not the whole point of like the labyrinth is to like be obstacles for for you to try to have to get through to get to whatever your goal is. Yeah, you know, and trying to, it's almost in a weird way. Like uh, an analogy for like just growing up as a person. I think so. And I think that's why actually this movie is effective because I think the whole is a coming of age story, right? Of yeah. Being fearful of way. the adult world and how. Yeah, I think you can make a pretty easy like analogy to growing up and seeing things in a different way, seeing things from a different perspective, trusting yourself. I mean, the whole thing is when she, you know, he goes, he goes, right, go right through there. And there's like the hidden perspective of like the different passageways and i mean so even cool. to the point where sarah is like kind of smart and she starts using her lipstick to mark the stones there's little things that just turn it around which does like i say i really like the argument that this whole thing is set up for her specifically because mm-hmm. it's like everything seems to like know what she's wants to do or because it's weird to think of another victim in here right like, mm-hmm. you're telling me these little stone creatures exist. Do they do other things besides turn around stones? It's like they knew yeah. that they would be confusing specifically her, which I do really like that about this movie. And so this is kind of where there, there's been a song by David Bowie beforehand. But I think this is around the time where we in, we were introduced to the baby magic dance song or whatever magic it's called. Dance, magic yeah. dance. And it's like, you remind me of the babe. What babe? babe? Yeah. The babe with the power. I mean, obviously the most famous song in the. Bennett, <laughs> Bennett, and so my baby. And it, yeah, it's talk about a catchy song, and talk about just like a really fun set piece to watch. Yeah. I mean, there's all these goblins, and they all look different. That's what I'm saying. Like this movie and is so visually interesting it is. because everything is like, it makes me feel old. Like everything's actually there. Well, for the most part, let me cut in here. Yes, go ahead. I cut, think cut I think what it might be, especially yeah. when you're thinking about puppetry Hunt. and stuff like that in miniatures. Obviously, when people are designing that, there's a lot of, you know, intention put into the miniatures and the puppets 
And so when you have somebody puppeteering the goblins in the background, it's not just like, oh, hey, we're going to put a couple CGI goblins back there. We'll give them some dance loop. Cool. It's like, well, no, that's a human person controlling yeah. these goblins. And so that human person lends a little bit of their own their soul to that. And yeah. so that's why everything, like when you watch that scene and you can just literally pick out a different goblin and watch it and be like, I've watched that scene so many times and been like, what? What is that goblin doing back there? Like, who? Yeah. What is yeah. going on? <laughs> No, and that's like, that's what's so cool is because I feel like there's so much, like you said, there's almost like so much soul that goes into the yeah. movie that you have to watch it multiple times to kind of visually see it, but you get that in every scene. Yeah. And that's what's so cool. And that's, I think, what's so, everything is doing something for its own reason. Yeah. And it all adds to the kind of. I want to say majesty, but magic of the movie. I totally agree. Um, now I might be missing a few steps, but she gets to that door where, you know, the gar- the one always tells yeah. the truth, yeah. one tells a lie. I remember I looked this up and I guess the whole thing is no matter, no matter which one you choose, the opposite one is the right door. No, no matter which one yeah. you choose. Yeah. Because of the way that it works. And I remember those guys kind of freaking me out when I was a kid. Cause they're kind of like, is that right? You know, yeah. like. Everyone has like weird accents, but like not really. And everyone, everything is just off in this movie. Not that yeah. accents are off, but you like know, everything's just kind of weird. Not to use this term lightly, but it's like Dark Souls in that way, right? <gasps> and I say that because in Dark Souls, you know how everyone has like a weird accent or a weird way that they talk that makes it feel like we're so far removed from our world. That yeah. same thing kind of plays in here where everybody has an accent. Everybody's talking differently. Everyone seems to like know more than Sarah. And that's very much how Dark Souls feels when you're talking to these NPCs. Yeah, everyone kind of knows how the world works. Like yeah. almost intrinsically they know how it works. I mean, I'm thinking even Demon Souls of the, oh, my kingdom of Boletaria, my father. Yeah, and you're like, wait, there's a place called Boletaria? Right. You know what I mean? And I so mean, it, it's, that, yeah. it's very much the same effect here where everything just feels so far away and so removed from... Anything you could track or anything you could just figure out. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my favorite scenes where she's falling down after she goes through the door. She's falling down that pit of like hands. Mm. And that part's so cool because all of the hands come together to make the yeah, different faces. I, and I absolutely that love part that part. is so freaking cool. They're talking to her. The, the one. Too late now. She chose down. She chose down. <laughs> Was yeah. it wrong? Dude, I love Do how all the, all of them form together to do different things. It's it's yeah, really, which, which really way? creative. Yeah. It's that that's the scene that we were scrolling through on Netflix and we paused on that. And that's the scene that plays. And Ellie yeah. was like, that one, that one. I was like, that's kind of a freaky scene, Ellie. Yeah. Like, but she loves it. Ellie's like not freaked out by that kind of stuff, which I'm like, cool. I was when I was a kid. But and so she falls down to the the oubliette. Which I was like, is it and then Hoggle's down there for some reason. Yeah, so Hoggle leaves her pretty why, early. Why is Hoggle down there? Well, Hoggle's working with Jareth, right? I guess, yeah. So, do like, you think... But kind do you of? Think, do you think... Can yeah, Jareth no, see everything? Because kind of, you're right. Because Hoggle doesn't always listen to him, and Jareth obviously doesn't know what's going on. But as if he does in a weird way. So that makes me think... Do you think... Jareth is the one who designed this for her because in some ways, but then you think if it would be like that, then Jareth would know everything. But he also doesn't want her to win. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an it's, interesting. It's, uh, I like the kind of meta story that goes on, or the meta like thought process that we have with this. With who is actually intentionally behind any of it? I like to assume that the labyrinth itself is kind of intelligent. And Jareth, my biggest thing, Jack, if they ever try to do you know another labyrinth or something like that, I really think you could get away with doing a prequel. With I like the idea of Jareth maybe being. A person like Sarah at one point, maybe from a different age, that was stuck like here and got stuck. There. Yeah, like he didn't win, and be that's why he's like has a vendetta against these other people. Who it'd be a fun like in. mini series, you know. And it would be hard to cast a young David Bowie, you know. Like, there's not many actors that could do it, but I'm sure you could find somebody who could. Yeah, and but plus you could make him kind of different. Like he, this is before, you know, exactly. Like before so you the can madness more rather than after, him. exactly. So yeah, Hoggle's down here. So Hoggle's down there for some reason. He goes, this is an oubliette. This is where you go to forget about people. You know that whole thing? Matt, your Hoggle voice is really good. It's like he's here. <laughs> he, he's right there. Hoggle? The, the, the Hogmeister. Hogmeister. And so then he is like, I forget what the lines are leading up to, but he's like, oh, like there's a door here. Gets like Picks up a random plank of wood off the ground, opens it one way. It's a bunch of pots, closes it, unlocks the key, opens the other, the other way, and it's a door. Like cool. to like door out. And I'm like, that's so freaking cool. cool. And I think that is where that leads into is it the room with all like the stone faces? <laughs> or is they, it where what, uh, what are they called? Oh god. They're like warning people or whatever. I yeah, they're, they're like, called. oh, they're the false alarms. The false yeah. alarms. <laughs> it's like for the path you take will yeah. lead to great destruction and death or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then at the end of that hallway, no, there's one that goes, oh, come on, I haven't done it in such a long time. Yeah. Beware. <laughs> Beware. Yeah. And then so, then they see, like, this orb. So, let's rewind a bit. Jareth can, like, juggle these, like, crystal balls, and it's so cool. I love that the whole effect with that. Yeah. Um, and so, whenever you see one, it's kind of like, oh, he's here, or whatever, you know what I mean? It's kind of like a way he almost, He's like, in this scene, isn't he? Because he's yeah. the one who throws that orb. The, 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 the ball, like, goes back up yeah. into this cup of this person. That's right. And he, like... And, and she's like, so who's that? And he goes, oh, it's nothing. You know, Hoggle's yeah. like, it's nothing. And then, in Jareth's voice, of like, this, like, beggar person, it's like, nothing, nothing. And, like, pulls up Nothing, tra-la-la. <laughs> And he's like, Hoggle, are you helping her? You know, that yeah. whole that whole thing. And then he throws one down the hall and the cleaners come. That's like this huge, basically, I mean, is this, circular of Is blades. this after the part where Sarah's like, this is a piece of cake? And he's like, okay, I'll just give you less time then. <laughs> or is that after? Oh, shoot. I don't remember. I think that might be before. I think it might be right before the cleaners when she's talking about how easy it is. That's not fair. Yeah. yeah. It, it just takes away the time. <laughs> Which, if he can do that, yeah. I, I don't. There's a lot of meta that goes. Love meta. Yeah, so he throws that orb, and then it passes <laughs> down the hall, and you have the huge mechanical device, the cleaners, which, which is horrifying. Is horrifying, because like, I guess it's kind of implying that like this cleaner just mulches up bodies that get caught in this tunnel. Yeah, because like Hoggle knows about it. The cleaners, <laughs> and then you know they slam through that wooden yeah like, wall, and they're able to climb and the then ladder. It's, it's great. After the cleaners pass, and you get to see like the backside of it, it's just these goblins, like two like goblins on a bicycle kind of thing, like pushing this huge ass drill down this tunnel. And so, what I think is so cool about this scene is that they then climb up this ladder that you know leads out like out of this pot, but the pot is like off the ground. 
Did you ever notice that? <laughs> like it's on a stand. I think and I so have you're noticed like, that. Yeah. Wait, what? Like the whole world is weird. And yeah, then they're I in, love it. I love it. Yeah. There's that scene with the guy. She's asking questions. You know, you're like, oh, you asking about how to get you know to yeah. the Goblin Kingdom? You know, and he has a bird on his head and all. It's just it's a weird. whole weird scene. It's weird. <clears throat> Anyways, this is about the time that they hear Ludo going, oh, yeah. you know, that whole thing. Freaks out Hoggle. He runs and is like, I ain't nobody's friend. I'm not obligated to help you, that whole kind of thing. She goes and finds Ludo. Because at this well, point, she, this is where she steals the thing from him, too, from Hoggle. That's right. Yeah. To kind of help get him to stay yeah. or whatever. And he's like, no, screw it. <clears throat> and so she goes and like finds Ludo, which is like this big creature, troll, yeti kind of thing. Kind of like Sully from Monsters Inc. Kind of like Sully, yeah. Um, hanging upside down, being tormented by these goblin guys with these little bite. Can we talk things. about that? That is like the weirdest torture scene in the world because it is a torture scene. It's because you literally have literally a torture scene. You have to imagine like if if Hoggle, if uh, Ludo was a person, like how disturbing that would be. Like these goblin guys, and I like how they don't just have like little pointy sticks. They literally have sticks with little naked bird creatures with teeth at the end. They're they like put it up to him, and it's like a, you know those little toys that you'd get at the zoo that have like a little T Rex yeah, head, the lever or whatever, and it would bite. That's exactly what these things look like. If you set this whole little creature on top, and they're just torturing him, like for for what reason? <laughs> like, oh, so she saves Ludo because I guess Ludo can conjure rocks, which yeah. is a really interesting Rock thing. Lord. He's like Ludo down or whatever yeah. you know ludo bad or whatever um and so she kind of forms a friendship with ludo and then it's from here that they make their way to like the forest mm-hmm. and this part is so i remember this part freaking so much of the movie freaked me out as a kid but like not in a scarring way but just kind of an, you know like startling they're walking through the forest and she's like ludo we're together. No big deal. Nothing's going to happen to you. And then he just falls through the ground. <laughs> and it's so fast. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> she's like, Ludo. <laughs> and she's alone. And you're like, wait, what just happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's literally there one second and then gone the next. You could blink and miss the scene. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, And then she runs into these guys that I, I'm looking at the wiki here called fireies or. Well, you're forgetting here. This is right when Hoggle. So Hoggle separates from Sarah. Very oh, yeah, shortly it's after Ludo, before Ludo, because he goes into that situation. Hoggle's like, "Nope, I'm not dealing with this." Oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry, yes, go ahead. So then he runs into. Then Hoggle runs into Jareth, and Jareth is like, "Why are why you helping she, her? <laughs> what does he say? Hoggle, why are you? Why would she ever consider a repulsive little scab like you to be a friend? <laughs> why are you talking like the penguin from Madagascar? But that's kind of like what." You know, he says, and he's like, hey, give her this peach. Which, that's important, so that's why I was bring it up. It's not going to hurt the little lady, is it? And what, does he threaten to dump him into the... The bog, bog of eternal stench. stench. Which, you know, that... And Hoggle, if she kisses you, I'll make you a prince. A prince? Prince of the land of stench. Yeah, the whole <laughs> thing. He has a great laugh. I can't do it, but... But yeah, so that is a... I wanted to include that part, because that is like yeah, important because in this he has given her the peach at this point. Then we're coming up to my least favorite part of the movie, the fiery. <clears throat> well, he, you know, he's holding on to the beach. He hasn't given to her yeah. yet. 
Um, yeah, and so these are like these freaking weird. I love. I remember watching the behind the scenes for this. They're like these weird puppet guys that can like take their bodies apart, and it's done in such a way where you know these guys are controlling each individual part in these like black suits. Yeah, and so it's like black screened, green screened, basically like it's yeah. all keyed in. It's like, and they're like singing this song in a. At the very so they're taking their heads off, they're throwing them around, they're doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a really kind of freaky. It's a weird part, part of, the of the movie. It's like they were like, "Hey, we need another song here. Like it's been too long. We need a song that isn't David Bowie. Come on." And it that's the one part of the movie that I feel like doesn't hold up because they try to get a little too fancy with it, right? Because this is when they're like poking the eyes out and you got the eyes on the end of the fingers and they're throwing their heads around. Yeah, but then it gets to the weird part where she starts like running away and they're like. She like threw one of their heads because mm-hmm. they're getting too close, and then he's like, "That wasn't nice. How about I take off your head?" And you're like, "Oh." Um, oh and so shit. then she's running, and they're always like, "Why are you running? We're gonna take off your arm or whatever." And you're like, "Um, that's a little freaky." And then she gets to this wall, and someone throws down a rope. Charlie, do you know who throws down a rope? The Hogmeister. The Hogmeister. Hogmeister throws down a rope, and I was like, "Grab it!" Basically, like that. Exactly like that, actually. That was a clip from a movie, guys. That, wasn't that was Jack. a clip. Yeah, I just actually played a clip. <laughs> and so <clears throat> after that, she's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then she gives him a kiss. And this another trap door. Like, I'm telling you, this this whole thing is like weirdly just like a trial, like a bunch of trials for her, basically. Yeah. So she thanks him, and then she like gives him a kiss on the cheek. And they go down, they, they're sliding, and then... Hoggle, there's a scene where he grabs that branch or whatever, you know? And so he's, like, dangling off this ledge, and it's a bog of stench. And this part is so funny growing up, because it's, like, literally what, like, a kid would have come up with. But that's why it's great. It's just a bog that's, like, a bunch of fart sounds, yep. a bunch of, like, just gross sounds like that. And that's just it. It's just, like, gross water constantly farting. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It doesn't... It, the bog of eternal stench lives up to exactly what you think it would look like. Yeah. You know? And yeah, so that's this then that comes up to my favorite part. You know, Ludo calls the rocks and you can, Wait, so they fall down from that ledge yeah. onto Ludo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so then you know, Ludo calls the rocks, they get across, and of course then you get uh what's his name? Sir Didymus. Sir Didymus. Sir Didymus and yeah, yeah, yeah. Ambrosius. 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 Yeah, which this character is great, right? So unlike the Fireys, this character is, I think, great. Because he's like, you can't cross. And then Sarah's like, yeah, hey, so can we cross? And he's like, <laughs> nobody crosses without my permission. And he's like, okay, yes. Yeah, and she's like, well, can we cross? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yes, I suppose you can. And his little saddle, and like how vicious he is. <laughs> he's like, I'm God. He's like, there's that in the he crosses the rocks with Ambrosius that yeah. Ludo calls up and it's like <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. And so is this the part after they leave the bog of stench? It's been a while been a while since I watched the movie. Is this the part? I mean, you didn't just watch it. I watched it like three days ago. No, I mean like four days ago. Something I like that. Was gonna be now is this where they go into the garbage area, or is this she so, takes a bite of their? Fruit? Yeah, so this is this is they get to what they're in like a forest or something, and she takes the bite of the peach. Yeah, yeah. and what she sees like a worm in it or something. 
Well, that's after. That's after. She wakes okay. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So then she falls into the dream sequence with the masquerade ball, which is which, a really interesting sequence. It's an interesting sequence, a because there's like, I just watched before we started this like a YouTube video about like disturbing things in the labyrinth, and this is a little creepy. It's like Jareth seemingly like romantic intentions with her, but yeah, big if bun. this is more of Sarah's conjuring or more of Sarah's thing. I think Jareth kind of exists as the doorway to that as like the, the almost like tempter, right? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, Hey, I can offer you this. If you just accept, I did some research. Not only do I want to go to a masquerade, cause I think it'd be kind of fun. Um, but I guess this is supposed to be some kind of weird future vision. And so Sarah's not 16 in this vision, okay. because if you notice, she's like, her hair is different. Yeah. You know, she has like yes, makeup yeah, on. She, she, she looks the ball. She looks older. Interesting. And, and so, I didn't know that. Okay. So it's supposed to be some kind of weird, like you said, like almost like a future if, yeah. you know, she doesn't complete her task or whatever. Like, oh, she could be happy in this. But then she kind of like snaps out of it in the dream. Yeah. And breaks that window or the glass. Well, she's like back in her home for a second. Well, that's that's when she's is that later on. That's when after she wakes. This movie is a lot of stuff that happens. So she shatters that glass. Yeah. And then everything's falling apart. And she's like, she fall. Doesn't she fall into the garbage pile? Like land? I think so. And then that's when she looks at the fruit and there's a a worm in it. Yeah. And she's looking around and this lady who has like these, all these people, these giant like backpacks of garbage. I love this scene. It's so cool. Open this door and it's just her Her room. room. Yeah. And that lady's in there. She's like, all these things are toys. Yeah, the toys. You like Mister Fluffykins, don't yeah. you? You know that whole thing. And she's always like, uh, that. Is... And, then she, and then she was like, "What was I doing? Like, why?" It's pretty good. Feel I right. love the junkyard scene because it's just very like visually interesting. And what she has like the huge backpack and like yeah. And the, the whole, so she's in the room. And I remember talking to Ellie. I was like, Ellie, what's this? This doesn't seem right. And Ellie's like, doesn't seem right. But she was repeating me. Uh, but she was she was watching it and she was into it and then she was I forget what happens but she's looking at something and doesn't she go she either breaks something or says something I and think then she says just I, Toby doesn't she, I think she says I have to find Toby and yep. then everything in the room starts, starts like caving yeah. in and then it's like Miss Sarah come up here like we're up here like she goes through this hole See? and Ludo's up there and See, pulls her through and like they the, save the her. whole sequence of events here really makes me think that it is. Like this world or whatever it is, is designed for Sarah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it really makes it seem like it's based a lot. Like the structure of this world is based a lot. Like how where she is in the journey, especially at the end. You know, as we get to actually like their final confrontation. Yeah. So there's a great part where they get to the Goblin City because they're finally at the, Goblin, the, dude, city. the Goblin City. Is and um, <laughs> Didymus um, goes with a guard. And they're like, Shh, quiet. And he goes, let us in. Gung, gung. Like, hits the guard in the <laughs> face. And the guard is just like, uh, whatever, you know? Yeah. But then, so, then Luda opens the door. And they walk in. And this part was like, creep me out. They go through the door. And then the guard then, like, looks at them after they enter. The door shuts. And then the big gate closes. And then, like, out of the gate comes this giant, like, robot. Yeah. Which is so freaking cool. It, it It's pretty cool. This part is cool. It's just... I, this part always is like, cause it's it's pretty late in the movie, right? So like as a kid, this does feel like this weird culmination of, like she's finally getting somewhere, like this goblin city, 
which is what the Goblin City is has to be in the center with Jareth's yes. I don't know weird I, I, I believe thing is, yeah. being like the very center. I, I forgot how what they do like to jump on top of it. Yeah, so Hoggle and, comes out of nowhere because yeah. he hasn't been with them since since he gave him the fruit. Yes, yeah, Hoggle comes out of nowhere. Himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, throws off the helmet, and it's just some weird small goblin in there. It's like, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Chucks him out. And he's like, ah, that wasn't very nice. You know that whole part? And yeah. Then, then Hoggle's like, tries to like stop it. it get, the axe gets stuck, yep. and he's like, I'm going to jump for it. Ah! It jumps <laughs> off like, free like body slams onto the floor. <laughs> and then that's where he's like, oh, I'm sorry. like, And she's like, oh, like, I forgive you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Anyways, they finally get into the Goblin City. Yeah. And this is where some goblin goes up to Jareth, who's sitting in his throne. And I was like, they've made it in. They've made it past the gate. And Jareth yeah. is like, send everybody. Send them all. You know? Yeah. And then, so basically, this little war starts happening in the Goblin City. And it, I mean, try if you want to go off on some of your favorite parts, there are so <sighs> many good parts that happen while they're in the city and the, everything's just going crazy. It's really good. God, see, here's the thing. You don't remember at, these details? No, at this part of the movie, I'm really excited to get to the final confrontation in the, in the MC Escher room. Like, I am just waiting for it. And so, like, the war does stick out to me. And it's one of those things very much, I think, like the like the Magic Dance song, right? Where you can kind of, like, pinpoint different details and be like, what is that guy doing over there? Like, who? Oh, yeah. Why? Like, why are you doing it like that? Like, why? There's the... So, I mean, I'm not going to go over every detail, but there's, before I jump around a bit, there's that part where there's like a goblin cannon machine gun thing, shoots a can at them. The can's like an actual goblin, though. Hits the wall. It's like, I hit something. Yes. No. Yes. You know? And you're like, what? Wait, so it shoots an actual, like, goblin? Not like a cannonball? Ludo calls a big rock to smash the machine gun turret cannonball thing. It smashes it, and then it goes a close-up of the smash thing. It's like, eh, no problem. Like that. And you're like, wait, what's going on? Like, why why is that a specific scene in the movie? Who knows? But it's just part of the goblins. The part where Didymus is fighting those um, different, like, goblin riders or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Oh, God, that's great. Each time we watch the movie, choose a different goblin rider yeah. to like focus Just on. Focus Each one's on, doing yeah. a little little thing different. A little different. Um, and it just a lot happens in this part. A lot, a lot happens in that scene. Right. But Sarah eventually gets through all, all the city and they reach the throne yes. room of the castle. Yes. Um, interestingly, I was just kind of like looking into the goblin city. They mentioned that the the junk, they don't call it the junkyard, they call it the junk city. Is right, out, city. is right outside the okay. the Goblin City, which is kind of interesting. I just thought an interesting little factoid there. But, of course, then um, Toby isn't there. And then, what? Sarah's like, I have to go alone. Or someone ever said. And goes even in the castle. And then, of course, finds herself in the MC Escher room with all the stairs up around. And then, of course, a great song by David Bowie where, you know. Your eyes yeah. can be so cruel. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like walking, and he seems to have like a mastery over this. Everything and it, I've done. You know what's funny? Like I think often you. with movies like this, they don't know how to stick the ending. You've come but I, so far. I feel like this ending so kind of sticks it because I feel like it culminates all that craziness and weirdness of the labyrinth into one part. Look without your heart. Yeah, where it just seems like it's like how can she beat him? Like he's. Totally just... He's the king. He's the king. Like, 
And then of course, you and know. this whole time, like Toby's like every like yeah. So Toby's like wandering on these MC Escher stairs. So is Jareth, but he can like levitate and do all this weird stuff. So she's just running after Toby. At one part, at the very end, she sees Toby just sitting there, and she's like, "Toby!" And Toby looks up at her, and then she jumps for him. Yeah. And then like the world like breaks away and fades, and she falls into this like platform. Yeah. Jareth appears. And it's like, Sarah, I've Tim's done everything crystal. I've you've asked of me. Yeah, and that, that this is part, this is why I like this part so much because what does he say? He's like, you know, just in exchange for I don't know your fear, your love, and like obedience, I'll give you everything you ever wanted. And so you gotta wonder, right? Did somebody offer this exact same thing to Jareth? Right, like whatever weird control this labyrinth has do you think jareth was offered this choice or or jack now that we've come to this part do you think that jareth is just as much a part of the labyrinth as anything else as the goblins as it's it makes me think in a way that i wonder if she took that deal now this is completely you know speculation if she took that deal, if that would have freed Jareth in a way, she would have become the Goblin Queen until the next person. Exactly. Came. So, but it makes it sound like Jareth will be there with her, like she'll become the queen and he'll be the king. Like, isn't that kind of what that ball scene implies? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that could all just be ways to get her to accept his offer. Yeah. But anyway, so at this point, this is where the, the classic line comes yeah. in. She's like, he's like, I offer you this, you know. Yeah. And she's like. You have no power over me. Yeah. And that's where he, it goes in this weird, like, slow-mo part. And he, like, throws up the crystal ball. Yeah. And then it shatters. Doesn't it shatter, I yeah. think? Everything is, like, like falling in on itself. And she falls back on bed. Super cool effects. Yeah. She falls back under bed at home. Runs into Toby's room. Toby's there asleep. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's good to go. Um, what do you think about the whole like ending scene where it slows down and you everything know, breaks apart? Everything breaks apart. I think it's pretty satisfying. I like that after all that, like Jareth doesn't really physically try to stop her. It's it's more of like the mental game of like, hey, listen, like I took away your brother. Like you can have anything you want if that's you stay a, here. That's a question. Jareth never actually touches sarah in like in any way yeah he gets close to her so it's almost like it is like a like a mental man like a manifestation of a mental you know hurdle or block you have to overcome right and i mean this is why i asked the question like do you think jareth was at one time a person who got trapped there because like then later like you do see that owl that he can transform into like outside her window and then it flies away and so it makes you think you know I like to think that Jareth was somebody else who was trapped here at some point, like made the deal. Sucks to be him. You know, or maybe he's just a power of this place. Could be. Yeah, so that ultimately is the labyrinth, you know, where it, well, yeah, it ends so very then, much like, oh, everything <clears throat> was just a dream. Wizard of Oz-esque, Alice in Wonderland-esque. Yeah, so, but like, I, I'm, I, this is just, I'm reading from the wiki now, actually. I've, I've been kind of just recalling it through memory this whole point. Um, at the very end, um, you know, Sarah actually gives Toby the toy that he took or whatever. Who knows if he took it? Gives him, like, little teddy bear. Um, and Sarah goes back into her room, and she's, like, looking at a mirror, and she sees all her friends that she made in the labyrinth around her. And she's, like, she's basically, like, look, I know, like, 
you know, you guys aren't always going to be here, but I'm going to need you sometimes. And he's like, oh, well, we'll be here for you. Yeah. You know, when you, when you need us, that whole yeah. thing. And she's like, well, yeah, I need you guys too sometimes. And yeah. It's a very sweet ending. And it's like, yeah, even though you grow up, even though you're like, you're supposed to move past things, like, you know, things from your past can still be with you whenever you need them or whatever. It's a very good. Yeah. It's a very good ending to a movie. Does it end with Underground again? I actually don't remember. Me. I think it does. I don't know how it ends. You know what? Labyrinth is a weird word. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah, so ultimately, like the labyrinth, and then, you know, I think when you look at these kind of more, I don't know, not adult fantasy, but like geared toward older audience fantasy movies that Jim Henson did, what you have like Dark Crystal and you have Labyrinth. I think Labyrinth succeeds where Dark Crystal doesn't because Labyrinth does have the human connection where Dark Crystal is just entirely based within its fantasy world. And I think because of that, that's what draws you in. And so much of it sticks out to me because of the craft, because of the story. I mean, you know, I like, I really like the Alice in Wonderland story, the where the wild things are, you know. That's a great, that's a great story. Right. Those types of stories where it, you know, there's some kind of lesson to be learned from this. There's some kind of reality that's taken away from whatever fantasy this is, you know. Very much coming of age type story. I've always really liked those. And I think this is one of the better ones. You know, I think out of when you think of like Alice in Wonderland, when you think of all like this one, I think is a really good representation of that. Because it kind of just. I don't know. It, it it sparks that part of my mind that wants to know more. You know, like, I want to know more about the labyrinth. I want to know more about these creatures and the designs and these weird, mm-hmm. you know, machinations of the world that are going on here. Because it, it all seems interconnected and it all seems designed specifically for Sarah as she goes through. Which makes you think, you know, if I got sucked away to the labyrinth, would it be designed for me? Like, would there be specific traps that would only trap you? Which is super interesting to think about because yeah. kind of, in a way, you're thinking about what faults do I have, what blocks do yeah. I create in my own head that aren't actually there, right? Because like a lot of labyrinth is just stuff that she's dealing with that aren't actually there. Yeah. So super interesting, super interesting, and uh, even though it wasn't a cult hit at the time, it is certainly a cult hit now. Yeah. And in my personal opinion, one of David Bowie's, I was like. Not one of the best things he's done. I was say like movie wise, I think so. I'm not sure what other movies he's been in. None, none, none really come to mind. I know he's done the voice for. He did the voice with the weird Atlantis guy in SpongeBob. God, that's right. I forgot about that. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Um, I'm trying to think of other movie roles he has, but he has a, he has a lot of other ones. I mean, he's in. I just can't uh, think of them. What he's in the, the Prestige. He plays Tesla in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan movie. Christopher Nolan. You actually might like Prestige if you've never seen it. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to watch it. But yeah, that's uh, Labyrinth. Charlie, we're, um, I know we're kind of cutting it a little long. We're actually at an hour and 11 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So Charlie said before we started recording, I think it was before we started recording, that we could go on about the Labyrinth for a while. Yeah. And we have. Even though our opening segment was 20 minutes, we went on for the Labyrinth for almost an hour in itself. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's only kind of like scratching the story. That's not kind of trying to delve into the labyrinth and like deeper meanings that uh, we find or that we relate to or whatever. Like there's a lot. And I've got to say, I would love 
sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. But I would love to say, like, I'd love to talk to somebody who had more of like a puppeteering, more of a miniature background and like get their insight of this movie. Yeah, because like I how can much actual work went the into craft it. that went into this movie was insane. I mean, the amount of actual manpower. Uh, it gets to the point where it's like, man, it would be just easier to do this with computers. Like, that's why are we doing it with the computers? It's easier and but, cheaper. But and that's I think what's so I I feel like this type of movie, especially within the style like the Jim Henson style puppets and stuff, I feel like it has a place in the world today. But it just quite hasn't hit its mark. I mean, recently we had. Um, what was it? Was it Rise of the Dark Crystal? The Netflix the Dark se- Crystal kind of reboot, almost on Netflix. Rise of the Dark Crystal. 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 Tries typing. Typing. No, it's called the Age of Resistance. That's what it was called. Mm, okay. Yeah. So you had that series on Netflix, which I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was fantastic. Is it still on Netflix? Yeah. And in fact, it's like if Ellie liked this, she probably would love that. Is it inappropriate? No. Okay. No. I mean, she can handle Labyrinth, she can handle this. Okay, okay. Um, it's like a prequel to the Dark Crystal movie. And it has that exact same kind of sense of craft with a little bit more of a modern sensibility on it, you know? But, like, because of that, I thought that that series was incredibly good. And so hmm. it makes me wonder when kind of the next thing will come out and if it'll actually find a hit because it seems like even, like, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which I loved... Netflix canceled it. They're not making another series. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think the whole thing is probably the time it takes, the production cost versus not knowing, just seeing the history in these productions. Like, while they might be good, they're not making the money that Marvel's making. They're not making the right. money that other Netflix series are making right. with like half the production. I'm not saying it costs so much money to make a Marvel movie, yeah. but on smaller scale and their other series, I'm sure the price margin is a lot wider as whereas dark crystal is probably a lot thinner. Yeah. Just based on viewership. Yeah. But Jack, like I said, I could talk a lot about the labyrinth. I try to fist away from the mic. I think it would be, he hasn't leaned in at all. I think it would be an amazing to delve deeper into the labyrinth. Maybe, dude, I think it'd be great to bring on Lily for an episode or you something. You know what I'd love to do, actually? What would you at some point? Do, we haven't actually. done this. And I got this idea from um, Knockback. Knockback. Retro-inspired podcast. Retro-inspired by podcast by the, by the same media. But they did a treatment of they did their own Star Wars sequels. Kind of wrote screenplays of like, hey, if we did like the new, what, 7, 8, 9, what would we do? And I'd be, it'd be so cool. It'd be like, hey, this is Jack and Charlie's treatment of, of the Labyrinth prequel or Labyrinth sequel. You know, something that we both like that we have like ideas for extras or more to kind of like write out a little treatment. It's like see like what you guys think of what our ideas hold because it's always been my dream, especially as a writer, to be into a position to where they somebody could approach me and say, hey, Charlie, like we need somebody to pen the new Labyrinth prequel script. Do you want to do it? And I'd be like, heck yeah, like that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, I would. Maybe they'll listen to this. Maybe it'll finally be popular. Dude, yeah. So and just before we go. I would say thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate you. I don't know who's closing it out. Who closed it out last time? I think. Was it me? Or was it you? I think it was me. Well, you I just closed it out this I, time. I just want to say, we actually have, if you Google the Rack Hunter Collection, which I recommend you do, the Rack Hunter Collection podcast, get our search results up there. Also, follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to us. And Patreon, if you want to support us financially. And hopefully soon, we'll be actually able to use more of that money for some projects. We'll have to wait and see. Anyways, 
when I Google the Rack and Dirt Collection podcast, it pulls up, you know, Apple podcasts, but in German. Mm. And we have 60 followers oh, no, on Apple podcasts. German jokes earlier with the crap thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. They 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 can t- it's they can they can take it. They're not babies. I'm just kidding. Um, babies like us Americans because it's like you know f- in the followers auf, but it's like Fulgen. Yeah, like Fulgen auf and Rackento collection. I don't know how to say Rackento because it's actually French. It's French but yeah. The Rackento, Rackento. But if you want to say it the way Alexa says it, the Rackento. Raconteur. Raconteur. Just like how George was having to get the for the Skyrim soundtrack, he'd have to say, play Skyrim Atmospheres by Jeremy Soleil. <laughs> oh my, it, it was, that was irritating me so much. I was like, play this, please. And Harry's like, no, no, no. I'm like, stop talking. I'm trying to say something. I was like, all right, I'll give up. I'll give up. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that one. Love some feedback on the Discord. If you're if you're one of our patrons, you already have access to the Discord. But if you want to get have access to the Discord, Support us on Patreon and get that access. Um, you know, we also have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of good stuff. We have a YouTube channel, the Rack Hunter Collection. If you want to follow us there and listen to our episodes on YouTube, um, I need to upload there. I know I said I was going to do it, but I've just been so bad at yeah. it. And I would like to throw in that your guys' input, our listeners' input to the show is incredibly meaningful. I mean, so much so. And so... Especially for episodes like the Labyrinth episodes, I think have a little bit more mass appeal than, you know, our tangent episodes or something like that. If you really love this episode, the most help you can offer us is just giving it a share, telling a friend. That is kind of the stuff that will make us really grow because we'll build up a very dedicated base. We already have, and I think we're very lucky to have a dedicated base of people who listen to our show and care about, you know, anything we say here and all the madness that we say. But... Going above and beyond, you know, I know Michael over on our Patreon shares our stuff all the time. Oh, and yeah. so that's just what I'll oh, ask yeah. as kind of going forward. Like, hey, if you like this, just share it. Just say, hey, have you guys listened to the Racketer Collection? Yeah, post I mean, it on your Instagram story. Post it on yeah. wherever. I mean, just, you know, we love just to get the word out and have more people listening. As yeah. always. As always. As always. Anyways. Try Close out here, Jack. That's it. Ending the episode, and who knows? Uh, this actually won't. This might not have new music. It might, just because I feel like it. We'll have to wait and see. Anyways, I'm gonna end here. See you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. And music. <laughs>